If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hello. Welcome, boys, to Common Chaos Podcast. We have two very exciting guests today, Ryan and Rue. They are the Cool To Be Conscious founders, and they're joining us today to share everything about breathwork and meditation and their journey of where they got to where they are now. So welcome, guys. Amazing. Thank you so much for having us. We're super excited to be here. Yeah. We've got them in the studio too, which is really exciting because these boys are bouncing around all the time and it's so hard to get them in the one place. So I feel very honoured that we're all here today, together today. In the studio. <laughs> this, we've only ever had one guest in the studio, so it's 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 way better having, I mm. think, you guys physically here. Definitely. We don't love the Zoom chats. Yeah, no. it's, it's something that we do as well. Like we've just started our own one and we've done a, we've done a couple on the Zooms and it's that interpersonal thing. You just miss it a little bit. So yeah. when you invite us on, we're like, right, we'll make it happen. We'll be there in person. And, oh, well, yeah. thank you. We're really excited. Um, just for anyone that doesn't know, both of you all cool to be conscious, just give us a little background on how it all began, who you are, how, how you found this practice. For me, well, we both actually grew up in, in a country town of Aotearoa, New Zealand, in North Canterbury, and we were both living that lifestyle as a as a farmer, as a country kid, country bloke, yeah, farmer lad, being the mullets, being the farmer lad, air takes jumpers on, yeah, riding motorbikes and swan ride jackets, and you know, doing all the things and chasing sheep around and riding riding motorbikes and things like that, but. I think what for me was missed there was the lack of education around expression and being in balance with my emotions. I was brought up by my stepfather mainly. My dad was in another town. My parents split when I was three years old. And that relationship between my dad and myself was, um, we were only connecting every now and again, you know, and I never really had that solid father figure. and. My stepfather was the second thing to that, the second best to that. And on the farm, I was I was taught a lot about hard work and getting it done and being a being a really strong person or or, or bloke. Mm. And with that came that lack of ability or space to to feel into any emotion or express fully. And that led me down that path of suppression. And as that emotion built stronger and stronger. And more and more, my body started to react. I started to get really uncomfortable. I had these sensations of anxiety and depression. And I started to use alcohol and drugs to escape that. It was my escapism, distraction. And that led to illness in my body, self-sabotaging relationships. Myself just started to go down that track of a continuation of neglecting my body, not listening. It led me to having panic attacks, and I guess that was the catalyst to the beginning of my journey where I knew that something had to change. And for me, I just started to research into really inspirational people, <laughs> and podcasts were a massive tool for me to start to listen to these people that were doing awesome things in the world. Jay Shetty was mm-hmm. my number one. I just listened to all of his stuff when I first mm-hmm. started hearing his words. I was like, I'm starting to feel a shift in myself. And he talked about meditation and having a practice for yourself and self-love. And I had no idea what self-love was back then. I didn't know what that meant. But Jay was really elaborating on that and getting me to understand what that was. And then it was actually within that same week, I started to hear about breathwork 
and Rue actually shared a video of himself doing the Wim Hof method. And what is that? And what is he doing? <laughs> and I gave that a go. And I had that euphoric feeling of calm. This was, this was really weird shit yeah. about two years ago. Now yeah. it's quite mainstream. Yeah, because we, we were doing it and we felt so weird. And you know, I'd lock myself in my room. I'd do the Wim Hof method. My flatmate's like, oh, fuck, Ryan's doing that thing again. <laughs> and, you know, I was trying to get them to do it, but no one wanted to do it because you know it's that self-judgment thing back on that. But that was the catalyst to the beginning of my obsession with breath. I felt the shift. I felt my mind calm. Mm. I felt like a sense of, faith in my own that I could really change and transform. I just started doing that, getting the reps in and building that relationship with the breath because it's quite a sympathetic, activating breath. So it reminded me of having that panic attack. But the more I did it, the more I regained that relationship with those feelings Mm. and subsided that attachment to a panic attack, but more so related it with a feeling that I'm going to get of a state shift. So I was like, I'm changing my state here. I'm altering my my being. So that was exciting. And then connecting with Rue, we just literally were like online best friends for like a whole year. He was in Australia. I was in New Zealand. And we both moved through this in a journey, doing the work together um, in a way and just bouncing off one another. <laughs> we were doing like little live Instagrams yeah. with each other. We get like three people watching. Oh. And, um, Had you guys met each other? Oh, so we went to primary school together. Okay, so like, it wasn't like apart from that, like, yeah. we, so we went our own ways, like for mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. six or seven, six years. even longer than that. Yeah. And then we started reconnecting. You know that that same frequency, mm-hmm. that same vibration yeah. we were starting to come onto that was different to our other friends and yeah. we're like, mm. like, we're like the only ones we had. Mm. And it was yeah. So we just conversed, and then that relationship rebuilt, and. Uh, Ended up being like, "Am I going to New Zealand? Are you going to come yeah. here?" And we <laughs> like needed, we needed to. Yeah, like, <laughs> why, is this us? why is this the male version of us oh, in really? like a different way? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally was because we were after like after doing the work within our own, we began we began to become really inspired to share this message. We're like, yeah. how does no one know about the breath? We need to give this practice to everybody. So we started sharing it in our small groups over in New Zealand and doing that individually. Rue was over here in Australia. I was in New Zealand and we were bouncing off each other with the flow. We used to do some weird things and it, it, was, it all just formed into this beautiful stillness session that we now run. But yeah, we originally didn't plan to come together, but at the end of that year, it was like, we need to come together. Yeah. We need to do this together mm. because we were inspiring one another. We were uplifting one another. And yes, it was really lonely. You know, we were going through those phases of letting go of friendships mm. and people that didn't align with us. And we felt alone in a way. I think, yeah, yeah we, we felt a little bit alone, but we didn't because we, we came to that place. Like mm. We both did the van life thing and we... We started listening mm. to that inner guidance. Like my journey was slightly different to Rise. I was in like rugby environments and always trying to fit in, always trying to, you know, be be one of the boys. Mm. And it was just never, well, it did feel right at times, but most of the time it was like, I don't really want to go out drinking. I don't really want yeah. to go and, you know, do these sorts of things. So over time when I started listening to myself due to my body physically breaking because I wasn't, that was the, the these lower vibrational energies manifesting physically. I was mm. constantly injured and to the point I ended up being in a coma for three days. And so that was that was one of these catalysts for me to really start looking within because I was neglecting that inner voice so much. And when I did that, I started like letting go of so many different areas of life, like who I thought I was. Like the rugby identity was a huge mm-hmm. one for me. Identifying that was me. That was my life. I'd spent 20 yeah. odd years working towards that every single day. And to let go of that and to start this new journey, but it felt so damn right. Yeah. It was um, it was the most liberating thing and literally stripped everything back, dropped days of work so I could focus on me, go to the gym, could learn more about meditation and breathing. To the point I was, and we talked about this a lot, we were so content with nothing. Mm. We were just so full and joyful with nothing. We're like, everyone can feel like this. Everyone can feel like this. Everyone's just so confused that they need the next thing and it's this continual race to get something else or bring in the material things to gain validation, to to be seen in some way. And so when we realized this and we had this love 
and we realized the breath was a big catalyst for us. It was one of these tools that really transformed our lives. That was like, oh my gosh, this is free. It's accessible mm. to everyone and it's so damn powerful. Mm. Let's figure out a way that we can share this with as many humans on this planet as we can. And it was that owning of ourselves and fully trusting in ourselves that we'd built over that year, which allowed us to just be fully expressive. And yes, people were going to be judging us at the beginning. What are these hippies doing? Like, yeah. like trying to make people breathe? <laughs> but it didn't matter because yeah. we had no need to take on any of that external noise personally because we were so whole and content, as we just mm. said. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. We knew who we were. And that's all that mattered. Whether three people showed up or 10 or 300 or 500, it doesn't matter. And I just want to say for the listeners and those of you listening, if you feel that something inside, you're not quite resonating with your group of friends or you have this desire to maybe do something a little bit different, trust yourself because mm-hmm. you already know. Yeah. You already know what direction you need to take and what decisions you need to, yeah. to take. It's just exactly. trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And as you said, with your body, like get the t- your body got to a point where it put you in a literal coma oh, yeah. to shake you and wake you up to be like, this is not it. This is not the path. It's, it, I think that people often miss those signs, mm. but it's so easy to, because we, we, we think mm. we want this thing so badly that, mm. you know, you'd been working your whole life to become a football player or whatever. And it's like, why would I stop now? Like, this is the path that I'd set myself. And I think it's so powerful to remind people that you can literally reinvent or recreate your life Mm. tomorrow, today, whenever. Mm. And I think that's that's amazing to acknowledge and so true, you know. It it is. That... um and it's the reason why we do what we do. We're trying to help people become more aware of themselves before they get hit by the bus, before mm. they're in a coma, before they have panic attacks. Yeah. And the way that we're trying to do that is we're bringing these modes and modalities that are ancient. They've been around for thousands of years. And we're just bringing it in a slightly more pop culture, relatable way that people, you know, it's a cool thing to come down to the beach and do some breathing and meditation. And they might be like, have a few injuries, not quite getting hit by the bus yet, but then they start becoming aware of themselves Mm. and they go, oh, right, I need to just slow my mind down here. I can start listening to my intuition a little bit easier. And that's a big part of the reason why we do what we do as well. Mm. So when you started making these changes and deciding to take this path and do these practices, you obviously would have dealt with a little bit of like maybe criticism and judgment from people who didn't understand it. And I guess for the people who are listening and want to take a path and feeling like they're going to get judged, what would be your best tips on how to work through that? Like how did you guys work through losing friendships and judgment from even like family members and being called the hippies mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> yeah it was a really scary process and knowing and trusting again in yourself that you're doing what feels right for you and you are number one remember this is this is your life and those that are going to be around you are going to be around you and those that aren't aren't and that's okay but creating boundaries and slowly putting space in between those people that aren't quite in alignment with you or wanting to support you. It's not like you. you call up all your and friends and go, we're like, not friends yeah. anymore, bro. Yeah. See you, mate. It's, it's over. So <laughs> See you later. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> it's a really, it can be a really organic, authentic process. Yeah. And and those that are judging and those that are being like, nah, that is not for me. You're, you've lost your mind. That is okay. Knowing that that is just a judgment on themselves mm-hmm. because okay. they deep down probably want to give it a go, Mm. but they're afraid of that external judgment still. So they're operating from a level of awareness where they're at, Mm. and that's fine. So having compassion for those people too, being there with open arms and open heart for when they are ready is Mm. what's most important because they do, and we're seeing that now. We're seeing friends that used to, you know, create distance and go, these guys are wild, (laughs) and now it's circulating back, and they're intrigued because they're seeing what we're creating on Mm. on a global scale. So it's it's really amazing and we've mm. got no resentment against them. We, we hold nothing but love for them and we're going to be here to share and inspire always to them. Because at some point you guys would have also felt exactly how they felt oh, at one point in that, exact in those really masculine environments if we're talking yep. about it for guys, you know. Fucking so, yeah. you know, 100%. you just <laughs> took that plunge first and it's and we can't exactly ever judge people that take a little bit longer to get there you always have to give them grace and like send more love to them because they're obviously struggling the most yeah. with it and that's why my yeah. mum used to always say when I got criticized for 
I, when I started YouTube or whatever mm. at a young age and I had my hippie phase and was yeah. into spirituality and everyone's like, you've lost your mind. Mom's like, don't worry. Like send them more love. They are obviously so internally struggling with themselves and their identity. So just be the light mm. and then, yeah, exactly. Be there with open arms for when they come around. That's, a, that's the best advice from Mama. Oh, so she's good. the she's best. She, yeah, is. she, is, she, she gets it. She, she's, she yeah. gets it. She it's, really does. It's so, tr- it's so true. It's compassion. It's like I actually feel for you because if you have time to have, like to put hate out there, first of all, like you internally must be really struggling. Yeah. If that's all that you can give to this world is send out some some hate or some you know, ill-intentioned Ill words. It's mm. like, like mm. I want to help you mm. in some mm. way. So it's, it's a beautiful message that yeah. comes from that place of compassion and don't take it personally. It's, and it's, it's so not hard not to, but it's like mm. when you understand that, I remember mama used to have to remind me of it like every week and she goes, you will understand this one day. You'll see it. Mm. And now I, f- I get it. So it's, it's, it's hard to take it on but it is the truth because when you're younger you just want to fit in as well you don't mm. ever want to be that like weirdo like, why am I like, sending this bully love like yeah. it doesn't yeah. make sense you yeah. know but emotional maturity I guess I was going to ask for people that maybe don't even quite literally understand what breath work is like can we break it down really simply as what is the practice of it and how what do you find it it helps you with yeah the benefits amazing Literally, it comes back to what you just said before when, when people say, oh, she's lost her mind or he's lost his mind. That's what we're doing. I think that's the biggest compliment mm. anyone can say to me. Who <laughs> <laughs> wants to be in the mind? Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, this 100%. is what we're escaping. We're escaping the, the, the construction and the chains that we've put on our own mind and the busyness in that that we've self-inflicted on ourselves from pressure that we've created in our own mind. Mm. So breath is literally getting out of the mind and it's coming back into the body. It's turning off that anxious future pace state of being or that past state of being and bringing you right into the present state. Mm. And in that, only love and excitement exists. When we're in that, we're in that flow state. That's what that's what we're in right now. We're in flow state. Tom's disappearing. We've probably already been here for 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. talking. feels like two minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with breath work, we're, we're physically physiologically slowing down the brainwave states. When we connect that breath together in and out, we're actually turning off the prefrontal cortex. So we're, we're, turn, we're turning off blood flow to this part of the brain. This is where the analytical brain is, where our ego mind is, where we're always analyzing and making sure that we're okay with thinking. So we're turning that off. We're slowing down the noise, the brainwave state, coming back into coherence with our heart because this is sending signals to our brain our brain sending signals to our heart. If we can slow this down, we reconnect with this. We get those messages come through, that intuition, that inner guidance that we talk about. Because to begin with, I had no idea what that was. When mum was like, just listen to your heart. I was like, mum, there's 50, 50 million neurons in our heart that are the same neurons as in our brain. And like we're so disconnected mm-hmm. from it. And that's like our body. The emotions are the language of the body mm-hmm. and the thoughts are the language of the brain. But we're so involved and consumed by our thoughts and we don't listen to the emotional intelligence of our body. And that's what the breath does. Like Ryan just mentioned, it reconnects that, mm-hmm. that pathway. So it turns it into a highway, mm-hmm. these connections. So it's a, it's a super powerful practice yeah. on so many different levels. We all have that innate wisdom and intelligence. We all do. It's just a matter of Tapping. turning this noisy thing off and actually listening to it and trusting in that. Especially as blokes, so we didn't know what intuition was, but we all had it. We had it already. Mm. It's just a matter of slowing this down and tuning in with that. And when we started to trust in that in those messages, it was like, really? I, I just give it up and move to Australia <laughs> with Rue? Okay, <laughs> let's go. I'm trusting yeah. you. So that's what we're doing. We're not only altering the, the physiology and the body, but we're reconnecting with our truer self, our higher self. Turning, turning off that anxiety, turning off all of those other fear states of being, coming back to that center in our body in the present moment and mm. that's the power in the breath. But uh, we can talk into the depths of it with the deeper holotropic worth, mm. breath work as well, but the simplicity of those stillness events is basically slowing down the mind, mm. becoming present and relaxing, putting ourselves in a meditative state. Well, before we get into all of the questions, the first thing we'd like to ask our guests is their mantra or quote that they live by. So if you'd like to share your mantra <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Sorry, we have to say it like that. Oh, 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 so the cute. Mantra of the week. <laughs> 
Do you have one that you share together or do you have one individually? Well, we've got the Kurbi Conscious Mantra, yeah, which do. I feel is what, what we really relevant. embody and what we are and what we believe. Mm. What we're spreading is at the end of the day and it's be the love, be the fun. So it's being the unconditional love, loving everyone for who they are and what they are and expressing that in your own way through fun, giving permission to others to be to be silly, to be playful and really... I guess swinging the the dime, swinging the pendulum between that loving, grounded personality and that inner child that wants to play and have fun because we all are all that. Mm. You know, as adults, we put so much pressure on ourselves to to be an adult when really we just want to play. So being able to swing that pendulum and live by that, be the love, be the fun, I think is what we are embodied in. And mm. that's that is a big mantra of ours. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. That's such an important message. I feel like, like you said, when we get older, we forget to nurture that inner child. And I feel like we forget to just have fun. Everyone starts to take life so seriously. And obviously, you know, stresses pop up, financial, like everything like that. So yeah, it's a really nice quote to live by and remind ourselves. Mm, Inner child work is some of the most profound work, I think, and something, yeah, that's very important that I know I need to remind myself every day because I can get so like hustle, hustle, hustle and we all can, especially I feel like when you're quite a motivated or driven person or you have a mission you want to accomplish, I think that's really amazing that you guys kind of focus on keeping that light and fun because I think you Mm. get so much more done as well when you're Mm. just bubbly and it's more welcoming and nice for people to be around. So love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's, it's a really relatable thing. Like when you don't take yourself too seriously, it gives permission to others to embody that as mm. well and they see you. And like we talk about it all the time. It's like just giving out permission slips if we're doing handstands or roly-polies at the beach. Yeah. Oh, my God, I can imagine all these boys castles. looking at you or yeah, anyone just being like, yeah. I want to And they're, like, they're sitting play. there like, oh, that looks really fun. I want to do that. But it's the, the self-judgment. Yeah. Mm. And, and that's what it comes down to. It's letting go of that judgment that we have on ourselves mm. uh, because that that's all it is at the end of the day, it's we think it's an external thing, but it's a judgment we have on ourselves yeah. to not be free and not allow ourselves to And, do oh, I've things. been taught not to mm. act like a child. Mm. I've been taught to, like, be yeah. an adult, you know. It's deprogramming. It's that inner child work. Yeah. It's that child that wasn't seen or heard mm-hmm. fully, whatever they were wanting to express because mm. we're told to go to our room or to stop, stop being childish or, mm. you know, suck mm. up the tears. And it's that inner child that... um. That we need to relive through in order to release those traumatic events. Yeah. In high school, um, I spoke about it in one of our last episodes. We spoke about loneliness. And one of the main loneliness feelings that I felt in high school was that I was always labeled as the, the immature girl because I was, <laughs> I mean, it's quite embarrassing, but I don't care. I was like playing Tiggy at lunchtime in like grade eight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I was like, this is fun. Like, I don't know. I just was a little bit of a late bloomer, but I was always so judged for it. And I felt so alone because I was, yeah, just a big kid at heart. And I feel like I've always been judged for that. And it's so nice to feel seen and given permission to just let her out. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let worry. her out. Let's get to you. Don't worry. Yeah. When I was we'll in play school, after this. we used to go, our group of friends would like at lunchtime, I went to an acting school, it was a little bit like Glee, but at lunchtime we'd all like be sitting, we'd finish eating, we'd look at each other and go, should we go dance? Yes. And we would literally go to the theater rooms, these like blacked out theater rooms, and we would blast music and just like full choreograph Perform. a performance. And people from the older grades would like be putting their heads in for their class, like, what the hell is wrong with this group of girls? <laughs> like, there was, a, there was a few of us, but it was, it's fun. And I feel like we ended up enjoying our days at school. You'd have been that were the challenging. Time of your life. We were having the time of yeah. our lives. Like, but anyways, it's <laughs> it's good. It's fun. Don't don't judge yourself for it. Thanks, Lou. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play Tiggy with you when I will go outside after this. <laughs> in the rain. <sighs> okay, let's jump into it. So you guys are known for your breath work, but you also do uh, meditation at the end. I've done one of your stillness sessions and you do a meditation at the end. Mm. Um, how has meditation helped you guys and what do you believe the benefits of meditation are? Yeah, great question, Ashton. And <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for a little day. Um, so the reason that we do breath work before we do the meditation is so we can alter that brainwave state. We both started hearing about meditation through these podcasts we listen to. I was the same with Ryan. I like when I was starting my inner journey, I listened to a lot of podcasts and it's the reason that we're so open to doing them at the moment. Mm -hmm. But 
what we heard on these is so many of these amazing leaders around the world, people doing incredible things, talked about having some sort of meditation practice. Mm. And we were both like, all right, let's give this a go. We'll do the finger thing and try and cross <laughs> our legs. And I was so stiff at the time, I could barely cross my legs. Um, yeah, literally down the beach like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then just talk, talk, talk in the mind, going crazy. Mates coming down, videoing me, going, ha ha, you know, mm. loser. <laughs> and then feeling feeling like, what am I actually doing? Then I came, well, we came across this guy called Wim Hof and he climbed Mount Everest in his shorts. He swam under the Antarctic Ocean He's crazy. Seafloor. Absolutely mad. But I kind of liked it. Yeah. And he had this breathwork practice. And I'm like, okay, give this a go. And I started breathing and had this stillness in my mind. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can meditate. And from there, the breath was that catalyst for meditation. Mm. Uh, before, I just couldn't meditate. I tried to sit down there for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, five minutes, and it just wouldn't work. Like the, the constant thoughts, I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. Mm. And so the breath physically alters that brainwave state and slows that down to that alpha, even theta brainwave, which is activating our subconscious mind, which is where all of our our programming is stored and we can start to understand why we make certain decisions and become a little bit more conscious of our daily life. And, oh, why am I eating this thing right now when I'm not even that hungry? Why am I wanting to distract myself with this? And it's just being more aware throughout a day. That is the purpose of meditation in a practical sense. It's allowing us to become more conscious and aware of our daily actions and behaviors so that we can let go of the ones that are not serving who we truly want to be. And we can start making conscious actions and decisions with that high for our highest good and that truly aligned life. Yeah. So with the with the stillness ones and the stillness sessions, what we're doing is, as we just said, we're coming out of that really analytical thinking brain, slowing down the brainwaves into a meditative state. And from here, this is when we can really create and allow people to feel into emotions, to alter that feeling in their body. They can be really creative in their mind. So we might move them or guide them into the sensation of gratitude or love, whatever it is, get them to experience it. Because when we're up here in this analytical thinking brain, we're too judgmental on ourselves. We can't imagine. So you think of like a child age two to seven, they're in that lower brainwave state. The The beta brainwave doesn't develop until seven years old. So they're very creative. You see a child running around pretending to, I don't know, fly or whatever that may be. They're flying. <laughs> yeah, like, like They are flying. Yeah. <laughs> they're, ex they're experiencing that. So we're literally enabling adults to come back down into that more creative, expansive frequency. So when we're guiding them through these practices or these meditations, we can take them flying. We can get them to see the person they love their most in front of them and they can feel that sense of love and gratitude for that person in their body. When they feel it, they're becoming a new human, they're becoming a new vibration, they're upregulating yep, up their immunity and boosting that self-sense of love too because the body's healing, it's stopping, it's being still. That's when these miraculous healing, profound stories can take place and people can have these remissions from like stage four cancer and heal these crazy profound things. I was someone that lived with chronic pain in my hip my whole entire life. I couldn't remember when I wasn't in pain. And until I started doing work on my emotional, energetic body, I had that pain until now. I don't live with pain anymore. I was meant to have a hip replacement when I was 24. Wow. I'm now 27. There's no pain in it. I told them I don't need it. Mm. Don't need it. And that was inflammation and thinking. That program, I was always thinking that I'd need it. So I was literally reiterating yeah. what they'd told me. So unlearning that, unprogramming that, believing that I can heal from this yeah. and change my body is all I needed to do. And that's what I did with meditation. It was reprogramming, experiencing and visualizing that happening. That's the power of it. It's like that guy that, oh, who is it you guys might know, the one that healed his Dr. back? Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. Oh, was Dr. that? Joe wait, I'm reading, wait, was it him? Yeah. I'm reading his book right now. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. I'm obviously not up to that bit in the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> so much of our what we do is based on his work. It's okay. so, so scientific and re, well-researched. Oh, yeah, I've got to read yeah. some of the pages twice. I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah. I'm trying to think Adam's this and matter and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quantum physics, massive topic. Yeah, but no, it's it's true. We hold so much emotion in different parts of our body. And I think that 
I wholeheartedly believe that you can cause so many illnesses and ailments in your body from not digesting and processing your sadness or anger or upset. It just ends up manifesting all through you and then it ends up bleeding out onto others because then you you then don't treat people, you know, well and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful that there is hope. You can move <laughs> it out of your body. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that There's book. things to do. There's another book, You Can Heal Your Life. Have you guys read it? No, I've heard of that one. Yeah, she talks a lot about disease manifesting in your body from Mm. holding in emotions and the way you think and everything like that. But it's so crazy. When I did your um, stillness sessions, every time I did the breathwork and meditation, I kept it kept taking me to this place of me living overseas and like starting a new life. And it's crazy because we're Mm. moving overseas. This was way before we even Mm. decided this. This was like... I don't know when I started your meditations. It was, I think, in winter last year. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's so crazy that everything I that was coming up for me is happening. It's so weird. But I feel like in those states, like I always say to everyone, like I grew up, my mum's very, you know, witchy woo-woo. I, I grew up. <laughs> I love your mum. We love her. You talk to your mum. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up like, you know, reading people's jewellery and doing all of that and being, you know, I was very... Um, telepathic, as mum would call it. Multidimensional. Yeah. And I could read energies and feel things from people and, and everyone goes, how do you do this thing? And I'm like, it's not a crazy phenomenon. Everyone can do this. The more you connect with yourself and your higher consciousness and you allow it just to connect with someone else's, everyone can feel that. But in these states, I truly believe you can see your future or see where you want to go or maybe it's just a little glimpse of your dreams and then as you're in that state you start it's just manifestation and it starts unfolding mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. you probably placed it there yourself and you've just slowly yeah. unraveled it you know the more <laughs> open you've been <laughs> I love it it's like a little preview into my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's the idea of there's no no past and present and future it's like it's already happened mm-hmm. you've just seen into your future you've connected with that higher self which is already there yeah. you know and when you see these numbers align i feel it's your higher self just giving you those little yep you're on the right track there yep mm. you're doing the right things and if you're not you're met with that resistance or these things that happen to us flat tires mm. illnesses um yeah things that just aren't in alignment or telling you that you need to go a different way mm. yeah yeah, yeah. There's another powerful thing that you guys do um, at the beginning of your stillness session, and that is human connection. And the ma- I know another thing you do is a human, mas- human masculine, <laughs> masculine, feminine energy. You guys talk a lot about that and educate people people a lot about that. And I think it's slowly starting to um, become more of a topic of conversation. Can you guys talk us through what you've learned about masculine, feminine energy and you know, I've seen incredible things happen, like just holding a male, holding a female and her just feeling set, being safe to be mm-hmm. able to like let those emotions out Wait, and vice versa. You should also explain maybe because for people that don't know what your sessions involve, mm. maybe talk us through what you, the stages you do in your sessions mm-hmm. and then talk to us about that mm. if you can. Yeah, the the stillness sessions, <clears throat> what we touched on before, the... We're trying to just create a real high vibe and create, keep it fun. We've really developed that over the last few months because at the beginning it was it was a little bit heavy or it was quite like a – it could be a little bit much, especially for people just starting out in this work. So now what we're doing is we're just creating a real fun high vibe down mm. there. And we do, we touch a little bit of breath and meditation, but the core of it is just bringing people together and having like a fun time. Yeah. So at the beginning what we do, and it is a little bit uncomfortable for those that have first – arrived or haven't been to one before and we match them up with someone they've never met before and then instantly there's this like oh it's like number one like horror like i have to talk to a new person you can feel it you can literally feel the energy (laughs) we're standing up they're gonna see in my soul (laughs) but we try and make it quite light-hearted and and then we prompt the question so it's not like we chuck you with this person, talk. Yeah. So we prompt three questions. We start with like an icebreaker. Then we go a little bit deeper, Bring try and bring some emotion through and hold that space for each other. And then we bring it back up at the end. 
And by the end of it, everyone, like we go, who's made a new friend? Everyone's hands mm. up. And uh, it's just such a beautiful shift in energy and to create the, these communities of like-minded people because so many people yearn for this, mm. just someone to talk Everyone. to. We get yeah. messages like that all the time, like how can I meet more like-minded people? Yeah. And it's like this. These <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's literally why we started it. It was mm. like we've, we felt a little bit alone mm. and – there's nothing out there, so let's create something. And, and that's what we're, we're here to do, to create these spaces all around the world where people feel safe to come and just connect with other like-minded people that are open to expanding their own consciousness, expanding their own awareness. Uh, so that that is a huge part of the session, like you you touched on, and, and then we dropped in with the, the breath and meditation to finish it off. The biggest thing about that connection is what we've spoken to before. It's that emotion that's stuck in the body, allowing it to flow out of the mouth and out into the world again. If it gets stuck in here, it causes issues mm. energetically. And for me, when I spoke to a psychologist, that for me alleviated a lot of weight. It might have been the biggest actually step in the right direction, but I had to wait until the panic attacks hit before I actually opened up to someone and I was heard and seen and felt in that moment. And for me, I was like, holy moly, that feels so good just to speak mm. into what was happening for me in my life. Mm. So creating a space where people can be their own psychologists, like we can all assist, we can all give ourselves permission to be seen and heard and that safe container, game over. The healing begins. Mm. What would you... Cause the point that you made about when you used to have panic attacks and anxiety, I know a big thing for me as to why I never really got into breath work or even in yoga when you do those like in through that side, out. I would literally get panic because I used to have like mm. chronic anxiety like physically in my chest. How did you find, I guess, moving past and mm. through that? Because a lot of people have said that to me as well with meditation. They'll even just say the the focusing on in and out too much panics me yeah. so how would you I guess for anyone that's a bit nervous about entering breath work because it is f the first time I did it I was like this is like causing I'm me die. I'm gonna die <laughs> like I'm freaking out a little bit because it goes dry your mouth everything like your body tenses up like how would you best it's, guide someone mm. through yeah. those fears especially that that deeper breaths very overwhelming <clears throat> and we are we're activating the sympathetic side of the nervous system which is the same response as what a panic attack is <clears throat> and an anxiety attack we get really shallow with the, the breath that comes up really tight the chest closes in and it's a yeah that's a fight or flight response a sympathetic response to be more simplicated yeah. <laughs> it's a fight or flight response so the body thinks it's in danger and it needs to escape so when that happens we contract, everything tightens up, blood gets sent to the quads and the biceps, the short gets really shallow and <laughs> energy starts to, you know, build in the body. So when we're trying to do these things like breath work that cause that response, to start with a really simple practice, a daily practice is really simple, it takes two minutes, and just to regain the relationship with that feeling, what I spoke to at the beginning, regain the relationship with that feeling, detach from that old experience or that old connotation to what it was for you. Mm. Oh, that feeling reminds me of a panic attack or an anxiety attack. No, that feeling now reminds me of the shift that I'm creating in my own body on my own terms in a safe environment. I'm in mm. control. That's the difference there is that you're in control over what you're doing with the breath, whereas a panic attack, you're out of control. So you're, you're afraid of losing control. So trusting, building that relationship and then really surrendering to those sensations and, and trusting in yourself, but making sure you feel safe too. So coming into yeah. these environments that we create, a big part of it is creating safety, creating trust in the group before mm. we drop in. It's the most important thing. Yeah. I, I think safety is huge mm. for it because it, it, it's a very vulnerable mm. experience. Like we just said before we started, you know, the first time I did breath work, I was laughing, then sobbing, and then laughing again. And I think it's scary because most people in their normal days aren't having all these 5 million different overwhelming emotions come up and we certainly don't let ourselves, even if we want to cry, mm. like, oh, I just got to keep it in, keep it in. So I think, yeah, if you're new to it, you need to just uh, <laughs> let whatever comes come, but make sure, yeah, you're with someone you feel safe with or I guess that could be good for people to start alone. Yeah, well, with like, the daily, like we're not actually, we won't have these emotions arise. We'll get that mm. shift, we'll get that euphoric feeling mm. and that's enough. Just mm. start building that relationship with that feeling firstly and then in the, at our deeper events, this is when we go into the deeper breath work and we access these different parts of the brain. We go into the more trauma response, emotional states. 
but know that that isn't what you experience at stillness. Most people will just get that shift. They may get a little bit, a little bit of emotion come through, but you're not diving into into your past traumatic events that are unfelt, which is what we do at our bigger workshops. Yeah. But the daily, simple, you'll get that shift. Start regaining that relationship with that feeling, and then go from there. And guys, yeah. if you're listening, um, Ryan and Rue do. You have IGTVs on Cool to Be Conscious with guided breath work and meditations, right? Yeah. So you could start there. That would be a really good start because I think meditation, if you're new to it, doing it not guided can, mm. for me, I, I couldn't do it at the start. I had to do guided meditations to get into it and just have that, yeah, someone guiding me through yeah. it. Yeah, they're really simple and it's the daily. It's the daily practice. Mm. So you can get familiar with that. that one we just did? Give it a go. We just did it before we started because I was like, I'm so nervous. (laughs) (laughs) And Kart's hadn't done a breath work with the boys yet. So we just did the the daily. It's great. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask, you guys are living in a van, for anyone that didn't know. How long have you been doing that for? And what are the pros and the cons? Run us through your your journey (laughs) in van life. life. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, you haven't had a good experience. It yeah. wasn't that bad. It was just <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the actual van. It was driving on the other side of the road in America uh, yeah. in this huge thing this that thing took up. This thing wasn't a van. This, this thing wasn't was, a van. This was an RV. Was that like it was an RV. Like it took up the whole lane. You know, yeah. a lane. Like, I was like terrified in this van while I was driving. I was <laughs> like, traumatic. I'm gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was a smaller. Yeah. <laughs> and we had to empty the. The Let's waste. not go into it. Yeah, yeah the waste we'll thing's we'll not funny. Through this, yeah, we'll breathe through this. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that Trump. out. You can come back to van life. Um, no, explain yours. I'm interested to know yours. Yeah, well, for for me, it was going back to when I was I was actually living in Sydney at the time on a golf course, just playing rugby. This was after I'd had the illness, and I, I knew I loved Australia, so I moved back here. I was living in Scotland at the time, and. And I started. Um, <laughs> I started realizing that I wanted to change the trajectory of my life, so I needed to give more time back to me. And I realized if I want to do that, I have to stop working as much. If I want to stop working as much, I can't pay as much rent. <laughs> this literally, this is this was my thought process. <laughs> I was like, right, I'm going to move into a van. And it was this, it was a big part of the journey actually, because it was letting go of this judgment of being a person that lives in a van. Mm. Because, you know, you get judged, oh, you're happy, you've, you know, you're, you're living in a van. And um, but, stinky, smelly, yeah, all these, <laughs> all these things, things that come with it. Yeah. I used to judge them. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a matter of being okay with that. And because I knew who I was, I knew what I was doing, I knew where I was going. So it was being okay with that. And, yeah, literally moving into a tiny little van with a little stovetop thing and uh, sort of lived out of a friend's apartment as well for a shower and, and a decent kitchen and stuff like that for a little while until I really let it go and then went on a trip um, down the southeast coast of the Great Ocean Road for about six weeks and that was just fully connecting with my inner self and just that, like we talked about at the beginning, that's when I really found home within me. Mm. And I think that was that often the wilderness, they talk about it in all these spiritual books about having that connection with yourself at the beginning of your journey and then you can start to show up for others. So that was that was me. It was <laughs> the catalyst was wanting to pay less rent. And then it became a lifestyle of I get to, you know, wake up on these beautiful beaches mm. and, and these beautiful places. It was freedom. Mm. And and then we we upgraded, got a got a bigger van, and this guy came and moved in until that in twenty twenty. <laughs> we lived together in a van. Yeah, we always forget about this. Like yeah. it's been a wow. year, one year, and we started living in one van. Well, Ryan was like, I had that made a like couch. It's like it's a nice van. Like did it well, but it was, it was we're both living in a van. That's squishy. And I was yeah. wedged in there. As like, yeah. I had to lie in an angle. Beron's on it at the moment. Yeah, Beron fits. So it's like a so it's like a it's like a um a desk space and couch space. But you put the 
the what do you call them bolsters in and you make it into a bed but you have to like on an Very angle well if you're a bit taller like a, a woman oh. would be sweet or a shorter girl would be sweet yeah. but I was literally wedged in like this <laughs> so I couldn't roll over if I rolled over I'd hit my head <laughs> <laughs> so, so for three Doink. months for three months was, yeah. oh my god but that's it like this is it yeah. we knew what we were doing yeah. and we were so <laughs> passionate about mm. this mission we had we're, nothing mattered it didn't yeah, matter it, yeah. didn't that's matter. so like, fun in those moments so where you're fun. like yeah like this is such a unique experience that we're going to mm. look back on and laugh about, yeah. and it's like, yeah, you knew where you were going with it. You've got separate bands now, right? Yeah. Okay. We've got separate bands. You've got yeah. your own. You've you've stepped up. You've upgraded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got sick of the farts from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's some of the challenges you faced in van life? What's your craziest story? I think just some of the nights that I stayed in New Zealand. Um, just being woken up by like quite confronting situations, and I was um, like homeless people. yeah no like well, not homeless people but more so quite um, I woke up to a really um, loud violent kind of argument and there was um, a couple just going off at each other and yeah the police had to show up this is at three a.m. in the morning in, in New Zealand where I was and that was quite um, interesting to see how I responded and woke up I was in my jocks straight out the door and just to go and make sure that they were okay and this woman wasn't being um, hurt, mm. you know, and just to witness and watch and be there for that. But yeah. Um, I've got a good story to add on to that one. Yeah. We were in, um, we're parked outside. We've got a friend, Anna, who lives in Broad Beach Waters on the Goldie. And we're parked out there and we do it all the time when we're on the Gold Coast and, you know, off to bed in the van outside our house and, and I had probably three or four hours sleep by this time. It was about 1.30 and I hear like a or a clunk, I don't know. How, how does the door open? What sound does that make? <laughs> and I, was I can like, hear oh. it in my head. Yeah, I was like, what, what, was, what the hell is Ryan doing? What is he wanting from the van? And then oh, no. I was thinking like, actually, what is he doing? What is he wanting from the van? And then there was something in me. I was like, it might not be Ryan. And I've got this like little window that looks into the cab from the from the back. And it, like, I put a little curtain over it. And then I like peered my eye through. I was like, that's not Ryan. I don't lock the van. Oh, like, what? Yeah, like, never lock it. Like, it's not locked at the moment. But it's that. Like, it's just trust, right? <laughs> Someone's going to be like, oh, that's the van. Yeah. I know it's unlocked. It, it'll always be unlocked. If they want it, they can go and take it because <laughs> they'll need it more than us. But So what happened was it wasn't Ryan and he had a little flashlight backpack <laughs> And then I was like, looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, oi, ripped the door open, sprinted after him. He's like quite this like little dude. And I was just about to smoke him onto the like tarmac running down this road. He probably got about 50 metres. And then I was like, stop. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The reason why is because he thought he took the laptop. Eh? Yeah, I thought all he took business my laptop. Stuff on it. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, that's valuable enough. <laughs> All of our mm. stuff because it was it was like right in front. Yeah. I don't know how he didn't see it or grab it straight away. Oh um, what did he take? Did nothing. Me? He didn't get anything. Oh, he didn't get anything. He must. Um, I got him. Got him before oh. he got anything. But um, so right before I was about to do my diving rugby tackle on him, <laughs> he um, throws his hands. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I was like, Oh shit! What do I do now? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> and then so he sort of turns around and um, I was like. Did you did you take anything? <laughs> he's like, I didn't get anything. He shows me through his bag, and oh, and he's nice. like, oh, redeeming himself. <laughs> yeah. For those listening, Rue's like six foot three and an ex professional rugby player. Imagine him chasing you at like three in the morning, <laughs> and, and, he, and he had jockeys on. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know if skills just, came in at some yeah, point. Yeah, hey. yeah. All that rugby I've been training. training my whole yeah. life. <laughs> 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 I was, was gutted I didn't get a tackle on my. I wish he had something. <laughs> Lover ended up, he was, he was really struggling coming back to that compassion. Like mm. he wouldn't be out there doing this kind of stuff if he was happy and at yeah. home within, within himself. And I realized that and, you know, I asked him, you know, what, what he was up to and he was really struggling financially and he borrowed money from his parents and didn't want to do that anymore. So he was trying to make ends meet. And, you know, I felt that and I... Ended up, yeah, giving him a hug, letting him know about what we do, and and sent him on his way. But it was, Did he um, ever come to a? So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think I ever saw him at one. We were traveling around quite a bit at the time, but could he have gone to a Gold Coast one when you went? He there? may have done. Mm. He may have done. Trust he did. Yeah, I trust. Trust mm. he would have trust showed it. up. But 
it was it was one of those moments it was like actually I'd, I don't need to yell abuse or mm. punch him in the face or mm. <laughs> anything like this is going to achieve nothing yeah. and yeah. you know maybe I've been able to just shift his perspective in some way but that, I think mm. that's such a good note for anything even if it's like the way that you handle someone beeping at you or you're in traffic and that mm. split second decision you have to either like react, react. and mm. like explode or just be like calm about it and how you're then going to make someone Show else empathy. feel because mm. imagine if he got beat up that night he would have mm. gone like feeling so mm. bad about himself but instead because you handled it in such a mature and emotionally intelligent yeah way. like coming from a place of love he's probably gone god that person cared and that was like so nice that he saw something in me that mm. you know was was what, what am I trying do you know what I'm trying to say like yeah, yeah I could have said it but seeing, seeing them inside of yourself in some yes, way yeah, yeah. From, from an experience that could be very similar yeah oh there, there's me stealing things again you know I did that yeah. when I was a kid and I used to steal cigarettes mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was bloody seven eight years old would smoke cigarettes, but like that's just an example, mm. right? The person beeping and honking in traffic, that's really aggressive. Oh, there I am again. That was me. Mm. I have compassion for myself. Mm. And it's the this is the where the inner work, this is where it pays mm. off. It because pressure situations is when you act uh, spontaneously. Mm. And so whatever's within you comes out of you. Mm. So if you've got nothing but love in there, nothing but love is going to come out. Yeah. If there's anger and a little bit of resentment or frustration still in there, that's when it's going to come out when you're pushed and when you're pressed. Mm. It's easy to do it when you're in a comfortable environment and all things are going well, but it's when you're under pressure that shows who you or what what's really inside. Mm. Yeah, I, well, that's what when I was learning meditation, the the teacher I had, she said this will mainly just even help you with your reactions to things, like when things do get stressful or how you talk to people. If you just do twenty minutes in the morning, watch your reactions be calmer and kinder. And it was probably the most recognizable thing that I definitely noticed within myself from just slowing everything down. And yeah, yeah, balancing the nervous system out mm-hmm. is what we're doing in meditation. We're putting the body in a parasympathetic state. Mm-hmm. That's when you start dribbling and you feel like you're just like wobbly and and relaxed and calm. That's parasympathetic. Mm. Most people these days are operating from a fight or flight response continually. Always. That's what's causing inflammation and disease in the body. Mm. So rebooting that using breath, meditation is so important. We've got a few other tips and tricks that we that we teach. We're taking our facilitators through it and having some profound results. But knowing and recognizing when you're in those different states is what's most important. Oh, I'm feeling really flighty or feel, feeling really agitated. Know that that's a sympathetic response. That's when you're in that fight or flight response. So when you're in that, stop. Close your eyes down. Breathe in for four through the nose and out for eight through the mouth. And that's just going to put your body mm. back into a parasympathetic response before you react. Mm. Okay, just take two minutes for yourself. Slow it down. Do some gentle breathing. In through the nose, out through the mouth, and then come back to that situation, see how you react from that place. That's why they say when you're like worked up, they're like, just take a breath. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's literally helps. just take yeah. a breath. Yeah, With literally. everything, mm-hmm. it does just help so, so much. And on that, what is one of the craziest stories you guys have to tell about a transformation or an experience when you have been doing your practices with Groups of people. I'm sure there's been like, so many. They so run many. like eight hour workshop or even longer, like one day full workshops, by the way. And I've seen they do ice baths, um, hours of meditation and breath work. Um, we do all sorts in there. Eh? It's yeah. a full day um, of, of building trust within ourselves so we can really open up when it comes to the yeah. breath and, and other things. But what comes to the top of the mind for you, Sing? One, one was that first workshop, Michelle, um, mm. an older lady. She'd been probably 60s, 70s, and she could barely walk coming in there. And, you know, we took a lot of the inflammation off the body with some of the breath and the mindfulness stuff and built that trust at the beginning. And we literally had to lift her into the ice bath, and I could feel her leg start to twitch and twitch and twitch and then by the time she came out of the ice bath she was bursting in tears and she was able to walk like really freely and she Mm -hmm. just just broke down and it was so beautiful to witness just how like slowing down firstly taking inflammation off the body with some breathing some meditation and then the power of like 
cold immersion, just all these things. But I think it was so much more than that as well. Mm. The whole group of people, the energy that everyone around was giving her Mm. and supporting her with, I think that more than anything is what created that life to come back into her legs. And she hadn't felt them in like 10 years. I literally have goosebumps right now. And and like there's there's so many stories like this, Mm. but it's our body is capable of healing anything. Mm. When we create the right environment for it and create that safety, because if we don't have safety, we can't get beyond our th- lower three energy centers. We can't get into the heart. Yeah. So if we don't create that safety first and build that trust, we're, we're down here in these lower vibrations and the energy travels up the spine. So when we can build that trust, build that safety, we can come into that heart space. When we can get into the heart space, it's just like a magnifier of the energy and it shoots into our brain and our body can do all crazy sorts of things. crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're so woo-woo. <laughs> We're gonna throw a little bit in there. Yeah, no, I, literally. I feel I think like was... so when I talk to you guys and I hear you guys talk, like I just feel so heard and understood. I'm like, oh my god, this is how I want to feel, and this is how I feel when I'm with you guys, and I want to feel like that all the time. And it's like oh, society just really dims everyone's lights mm-hmm. and really just make. I make. I feel like it makes everyone act the same and want. I don't know. It's it's this is what we are. This is what we're embodying, which is that divine masculine and it's showing mm. we're bringing and sharing love with you right mm. I think love is, is presence we're here we're nowhere else we're listening mm. to understand you instead of yeah. listening to respond mainly so we're listening to understand what you're saying and then we'll respond mm. but you're feeling that groundedness that we've cultivated in our own we're not fidgeting and moving around agitated we're not in that fight or flight response you know mm. and you're feeling that you're reflecting that in your own self which is beautiful for you to feel because that's what we that's what we are Mm. We're, we're safe we're safe and that's how people allow themselves to open up at our bigger workshops is because they feel safe and we create that ground for them mm. so yeah. powerful mm. I also think for females it's really hard to I know for myself and like we both of us really mm. like because of our upbringing from, from our upbringing and having that jolted relationship with our dads and also just in high school it, we, we are not we don't often feel at least for me, well, I, I want to keep saying for me because yeah. I don't know your experience, but not safe around men most of the time. And I love mm. that what you guys are doing is helping and teaching other men that it's okay to start being more vulnerable and to feel because that then helps women feel safer because I always love talking about men's mental health. And I always have to say it's not because I don't think they're equal or women's mental health, or that it's even separate. All mental health is important, but there is such a really strong need for more men like you to be uh, like following in kind of what you're doing and allowing other men to feel and that it's okay to hug each other and to cry. And so like, I have so much respect for the work you're doing. And I think it's, it's so powerful. Like the, the safety we feel right now, I can't imagine men for their first time in their life being like <sighs> around you and in, in that environment. So I think it's, it's, I am excited. Mm. Like, you know, I feel really excited because I genuinely sit and I like pray for this. I'm mm. like, when will this shift come for more men to be able to feel like, I guess, connected with their emotions in the way I get to experience? Um, so it's so nice to sit with men that you are fully embodying that. And it's, yeah, it's really, really nice. Mm. You guys are embodying is. masculine energy. Yeah. So While what, being very feminine at the same time, mm. like beautifully whole, you know, it's, it's truth, masculine energy. You. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah. We're gonna touch, like we didn't quite get to that question yeah. before about masculine, feminine energy, and I think what it is is so many people are confused with what true masculinity is. Mm. That is that is the biggest uh, thing that <laughs> halters our society, and it's so many people have this perception of what a man is and it's so wrong. So it is, wrong. It's so confused, uh, thinking it's got to be tough, strong, my way or the highway, you know, it's… it's Dominating. Dominating. Manipulative. Yeah, manipulative. Mm-hmm. All these Word. words and things that… People think that's a man. Mm. And no wonder people hate men and there's all this feminism stuff and 
females don't feel safe to don't tap s- into their divine energy. Absolutely. And that's how they that's the only way that they can mm. is by feeling safe. safe to express fully and mm. be in their flow. When these men are not creating a safe ground, the women are forced into their masculine, masculine energy, energy. Mm-hmm. and it just creates confusion and mm. frustration in their body. Mm-hmm. And the next thing they're boss babes and yep. doing push and push and pushing. <laughs> that's not divine femininity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you get it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then that's when it all gets messy because then guys are like, oh, girls are crazy. And, yep. and then we sit there going, it's because you're making us feel this way. <laughs> and then it's this like, you know, yeah. no one's being quite understood. Mm. Um, yeah, a, a, a masculine man creates safety. He listens. Mm. He provides. Mm. He also shows that vulnerability when when is due. Mm. So the woman can meet him in that. And when mm. she can see him feel and express emotion, she knows that he will understand her. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. He's meeting her where she's at, mm-hmm. you know, and then coming back in and listening and making those changes and honoring his word, being integrous is huge. So if he says he's going to do something, do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feminine energy isn't rigid. It isn't push. It isn't yang. It wants to be in flow. It wants to love fully and nurture and care. That's what that feminine energy does best. Mm -hmm. And at most women's core is that feminine energy and at most men's core is that masculine energy. We both have both. Mm -hmm. Women and men both have masculine energy and feminine energy. And it's being able to swing into the different energies when it's needed. It's not like saying that we can't cry, we can't be nurturing and caring and creative, but it's allowing ourselves to drop into that when it's needed, Mm -hmm. that feminine energy. And it's part of a lot of these practices that we teach is quite a feminine flow. It allows us to have the best of both worlds and create that energy within ourselves, that wholeness like you talked about Mm -hmm. before. It's, It's not one way or the other. It's a combination of mm. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So important. I love ma- feminine masculine energy. I'm like finishing my book on um, Dear Lover by oh, David. Amazing. Dear yeah. Love it. Everything you're talking about, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I, she's like, you got to read this <laughs> next. Oh, you're yeah. going to love it. I'm like, yes, can't waiting. <laughs> Loved the way the superior man more, weirdly, even though that's supposed to be for masculine energy, but I just found it a little bit more. Less repetitive mm, yeah, and a I bit think, more factual. I think women should listen to that book yeah, well, and read that book as well. Same. I'm listening to it again right now. Mm. Mm. I think for us as well, understanding masculine energy will probably, yeah. you know, that's our duty as well to kind of understand <clears throat> yeah. men better as well so we can yeah. work together. Gently guide Absolutely. in a more nurturing way that's not like, you don't understand yeah. anything because, yeah. yeah, that's. And, that approach isn't you were saying that men don't uh, you she teaches me about it mm. but I guess you could tell me in that way like if you're approached in that then it probably causes that your energy divide. to block and I mean I don't know well, what, it's, it's a test right woman woman will test a man mm. by moods um, by words <laughs> by different energies and emotions and if he is not a masculine man, he will react. quiver, he'll react and he'll you know, defend, he'll put his own blocks up. If he ha- is a truly masculine man, he's going to be able to penetrate that with love mm. and m- shift her energy. Mm. It might be like lifting her up and swinging her around or staying grounded in that moment and not reacting mm. and being really calm hearing. And, and hearing, listening. listening. And, and that's what the difference between being able to yeah, be that full masculine energy. And, yeah. the, and the women are going to continue to test. The more you grow as a man, the more on purpose you are, the more she's going to test. Mm. And the more that you need to show that to her, that groundedness. And the woman being able to give themselves permission to trust again too and to mm. surrender into their mm. feminine. And there's a lot of resistance against that as well. Mm. So giving them the chance, you know, doing those little tests and then opening up, yeah. surrendering, trusting yeah. in them, letting go. I spoke to one of our facilitators on the phone yesterday and she said that she was having a conversation with um, her boyfriend who was driving in the car saying, you need to stop doing that, stop doing that. I said to her, why don't you just close your eyes and just trust and surrender and just let go, just let go and that'll stop that conflict. Mm -hmm. Trust in him. He knows what he's doing, he's driving. Just let go. What will be, will be. Mm -hmm. And until he's lost that trust from an accident or caused some kind of chaotic event on the road, give him that trust. Yeah, then, yeah. Give him that trust. Yeah, because we yeah. can't be demanding the 
masculine energy from them and then not opening up mm, okay. in our feminine energy. So, yeah, it goes both ways. Yep. Full surrender. Mm. Yeah, especially when surrender. you're in the passenger seat. Not that word. Just let go. Yeah. It's a big topic. There's oh, many yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to do a whole episode Yeah. I feel like we could sit and talk with you guys for forever. <laughs> Hours. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. The conversations we had here today, I think, are really important and are such important messages for our listeners to hear. I know I love hearing every word you have to say. And you guys have been such an inspiration to me, fangirling. <laughs> you guys have helped me. You inspired me with the breath work and meditation. Before that, I would like try it and then stop, try it and stop. But yeah, you're... I mean, I still tried and stopped, but like <laughs> you guys definitely really gave me that push and I found like I connected to your practice and technique. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, my heart feels really good right now. I'm like, oh, I just, yeah, it's been so nice to chat and I think that everyone should definitely look into the work you're doing and if you're feeling a little bit lost, then <laughs> let them teach you. <laughs> if you're in New South Wales, um, the boys are going to be here for how long are you going to be here for? Uh, it's going to be continue. We, we won't be running all of the sessions. We have some facilitators. Right. But, yeah, every Saturday morning be one of the beaches. Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for coming on and having a little chat and, yeah. Our pleasure. It's been an awesome conversation, hasn't it? Has yeah, been. so and, good. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much for having us. Thank be proud you. of yourselves as well. You're both amazing, doing awesome Thanks, things. Thanks, guys. Pleased to be here. Thank you. Well, stay tuned for next week's episode. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.